Hello there, constant listener. I have a special episode for you today. They're all fragments of nightmares from other constant listeners just like you. People who have told me what they see in the dark of night behind closed eyes and are ready for me to tell them to you. There's an official name for the study of dreams. It's a Greek-based word, honorology, and it has a wide variation of what the study entails. It's a more analyzed approach and elevated thought from general dream interpretation. These scientists seek out correlations of dreams and waking knowledge, how the brain functions during dreams as it pertains to memory formation and mental disorders. You've likely heard of REM sleep, also known as rapid eye movement. What's interesting is that recognizing REM sleep wasn't observed until the 1950s. By measuring a body's response to REM, we've learned that the average dream lasts only 5 to 20 minutes. Yet, the recesses of our mind sometimes take us right back to where we left off in an almost alternate reality that lives solely inside of us. How 5 to 20 minutes often experience as a passage of time that could be an hour, a few days, or in some dream passages, years before we wake. I love to dream, and I love to hear where others have traveled in their mind. Come with me as we explore these dream fragments together. I'm Tasha Wheelhouse, and this is Copper Shock. Part 1. My Patio Door Nightmare Derived from Constant Listener Lonnie from Utah I lived in Lake City, Florida with a beautiful home that had a wooden porch that wrapped around three-fourths of the house. It was trimmed in tan and an off-white being the dominant color. Living with three older brothers, I had to toughen up quickly, especially when we played games outside. I remember that we had a wonderfully huge yard. It was a jungle to my young eyes. It contained not only a pond, but a thick brush of black mangrove trees. Only occasionally did the trees give off a bad egg smell. It wasn't always, but we stayed clear of the pond regardless due to the potential of crocodiles, even in neighborhoods like ours. You'd be amazed what sort of wildlife or vermin roam about in your suburban world in Florida. Unless you're from Florida, then you know exactly what I mean. While living at this house, I had a recurring nightmare of the porch around our home. The porch was slightly raised, with vertical wooden slats around it to keep out animals. A single square wicker door sat near the front porch steps, off to the right. The door was just big enough for young me. The dream always started out at night. I'd be standing on our St. Augustine grass, facing the pond. I was barefoot, and I hated it. The grass always had an itchy feeling, and I felt vulnerable to any bugs or snakes that could be nearby. The moon above was bright. I saw occasional lightning bugs drift on and off gently between the mangrove trees that flanked either side of the pond. I'd been here before. I knew what would happen next, as I'd seen this progression many times before. 
the fireflies would all stutter out like burnt-out light bulbs until blackness clouded over the space between the mangrove trees. Almost like a viscous black cloud, labored breathing would pulse from the tree line. A beast. I couldn't see it, but it could see me. It was watching and waiting for me to flinch. I knew as soon as I began to run back to the house, I would not make it to the front door. But the wicker porch door, that was within my reach. I felt my breath catch, preparing myself for the sprint, squishing the grass between my toes. As soon as I turned my back, I heard the beast wading through the pond water, splashing about. It began to pursue me. My feet flew over the grass as I felt my pajamas whip around my small, thin body. I reached out for the patio wicker door. As my hand reached out, my palms sweating, I woke up. Each time I dreamt this, I never knew if I'd survived. But the wicker door gave me a fighting chance. Part 2. Open Vacancy at the BNB. Nightmare derived from constant listener Robbie B. of Salt Lake City. I was traveling in a car with my fiancé. We were going to stay at a bed and breakfast. Walking into the place, it had an updated and modern feel, with a juxtaposition of antiques placed about glass book displays. My fiancé left my side to go wander down the hall while I checked us in. An elderly woman shuffled out from the back room to greet me. She smiled and pulled out a large leather book, and asked me to sign my name. I found this to be odd as the computer on her desk was right next to her. I figured it added up to customer experience of an old-timey feel for a bed and breakfast. Her husband also shuffled out, asking me about where we had driven from. I paused. In all honesty, within my dream, I couldn't answer him. My fiancé and I were from... well, from nowhere. We had no one to go back home to. He smiled at me and looked down to my signature in the book with pleasure before the old woman shut it. I remember how the wood ceilings hung low, and the lighting was warm through glass-covered Tiffany lamps, the kind you'll often see at a grandmother's house. The elder couple nodded to me, and the gentleman leaned down beneath the desk and handed me a plain door key. Not a card, but an actual turnkey. I picked up my bags and turned around. My fiancé walked back to the desk by me. She looked depressed, and like she was going to be sick. I asked her what was wrong, and she shook her head at me slowly. As we started to ascend the wooden staircase up to our room, I noticed she took a quickened pace past a few steps. There was a mirrored armoire that was within the front hallway that ran parallel to the staircase. I looked and didn't see anything alarming, but was growing increasingly concerned for her. I could tell her guard was up, and she wasn't communicating with me. The bed was shifty and creaked when either one of us turned. I don't sleep well in places I don't know, so it's not unusual that I couldn't get settled. I felt her warm hand grab my arm in the dark. You can't sleep either? I asked. No. Her answer was hollow and soft, 
I kissed her on her forehead. She let out another miserable breath before she stood up to go to the bathroom. As I lay there, something registered in my brain. I could still feel her hand on my arm. I drew back the bedding, and I saw the pale-faced body of my fiancé frozen mid-scream. She was a corpse on the floor reaching out for me. I feel dread hit my stomach as I turn back to the bathroom door. My fiancé's doppelganger lets out a hiss. She bears needle-like teeth as she pounces me and blackness takes over. This is where I woke up. Part 3. The Boarded Up Theater House Nightmare derived from constant listener Angel of Flagstaff, Arizona. My dreams sometimes allow me to visit the same place repeatedly, but with time passing between each visit. I hope to write a book someday about my experiences with this house. But here is a small story portion I wanted to share. I'm inside the manor. This is what I have always called it, and will always call it. It's always night, and no candles are ever lit but hazed gloom of nightfall wraps around me. I wear a long white nightdress that I can feel brush against my legs and bare feet as I walk. The hallway was not only long and high, but endless, with draped fabrics and brass chandeliers. The wood underneath me creaks and I sense something, a cold draft that filters up through my toes. There are cracks beneath me. I kneel down and pull back the long red carpet. There is a gap just big enough to see what is under there. I press my eye near, and what comes into focus is a bird's eye view above a seating theater. A large wooden proscenium in a fleur-de-lis style was chipped and worn from the gold paint over it. The red curtain with huge tassels waved back and forth from the wind. There was an entire section of backstage wall missing, and it was snowing outside. The stones had collapsed in on themselves and scattered across the stage. I leaned back from the wood floor and looked to my left. Hidden beneath the side table, there was a seam in the hallway paper. I pressed a little, and a thin door popped open just enough to hit the backside of the long, thin hallway table. I moved the table and opened the door. A questionably stable wooden staircase greeted me. It led me down into even thicker darkness. There was no way I would be able to see where I was going. I was about to exit into the hallway once more. I heard a growl from the depths of the endless hallway to my left. Heavy footsteps thudded nearby, and what's worse, they were getting louder. Without thinking about it, I shut the secret door with me concealed behind it. To my horror, the footsteps stopped just outside my door. I took a dreaded sigh and outstretched my arms to either side of the precarious stairway. I followed it down, feeling with my feet and my hands over the wall. Intuition told me, more than anything, I was going to find a way into that theater. I felt like there would be answers waiting for me there. 
Part 4. The White Horse. A dream derived from constant listener Diane C. from Huntington Beach, California. For many years, I always seemed to have a dream precursor. A consistent dream that would always play first before my mind decided to do something else. In this dream, a white horse would walk up to me. What this white horse was, I had no idea. The horse would ask me if I would like a ride. I dreamt this dream for years and would always tell it no thank you. The reason being is because I loved my life and where I was and I didn't want to leave it. After I told the horse no, it would turn away from me very disappointed. But there was one day where I did say yes. I felt something new was coming and I didn't want to miss it. I climbed up onto its back and felt it bolt forward. It was running so fast I was barely hanging on and dread hit my stomach. It was going toward the edge of a cliff face. My heart began to race, terrified of the fall about to come. It was moving at such a dangerous pace I didn't dare jump off. We neared the edge and I felt it leap. My stomach surged into weightlessness as we fell together. Then the wind picked up and the white horse expanded out wings. A secret pegasus. We flew higher and higher. I'd never felt such invigoration. The way the wind whipped my hair into my eyes and mouth. The freedom and liberty I felt from the world I was no longer chained to. After the ride, the Pegasus did drop me back home. I tried to explain to those around me why I am changed forever. They did not understand why my old life is left behind. The horse never came back to me after that. Part 5. The Old Woman A Nightmare Derived from Daniel A. of Linden, Utah This is the only time I've experienced sleep paralysis. It's really what makes it so frightening, just how real it felt. I woke up in my bed, facing the ceiling. The first warning sign that something was off, I normally sleep on my stomach. The air around my room felt thicker than usual. And I was burning up in my blankets. My arms were so heavy, I couldn't lift them at all. I felt myself beginning to sweat and managed to roll my head a bit to the left. My heart fluttered a little from surprise. There was an elderly woman sitting in the corner of my darkened room. The moon from my window was the only thing that lit her. But her eyes seemed to glow from their own unnatural light. She had a heavy frock that looked like it was made out of Persian rugs and they hung off of her shoulders. Her hair was white and wild. I saw her tilt her head to the side and in an airy and rasped voice ask me, What is your name? Her voice made me feel a ripple down to the pit of my stomach. My name is Daniel. I paused and asked her, What's your name? She smiled. 
in a way that almost looked like a snarl and said, My name is Daniel. She lurched toward my bed at an unnatural rate and pounced on me. I awoke once more, screaming alone in my room. This was a great episode to work on. I love hearing all the interesting stories that others experience while dreaming. Tell me, what are nightmares you've had? Please feel free to reach out to me on Copper Shock's Facebook page. And if you liked this episode, share it on social media or rate us on your podcast app. Leaving a review on your podcast app not only helps us to grow, but outreach to other constant listeners like you who love stories like this. I'm excited about next week's nightmare episode the basement stairs that led to nowhere. It's a recurring nightmare that branches off into a multitude of paths, and which one may ultimately lead to redemption. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you soon.